0: Hello and welcome to the uplevelmind.com podcast. My name is Drasco and I'm your host for this Real Talk segment where each episode I bring on a heart-centered entrepreneur and live on the call coached him through one central question: Are my business problems actually me problems? In that I help them uncover why despite knowing all of the business strategies and having done all of the business courses they are unable to get past their current revenue plateau. Each guest leaves with a deeper understanding of what inner narratives and patterns they need to overcome to realize their next revenue milestone. Without further ado, here's today's guest. Today's guest is Adam Vibe-Gunton, who is a best-selling author, speaker, and entrepreneur. After overcoming a 16-year battle with drug addiction, which led him to being homeless and kicked out of the homeless shelter, Adam set out on a mission to develop himself into the best version possible to attract other addicts suffering uh, to find a life in recovery. Um, Since then, Adam has built a multiple seven-figure company Gotten his book in the hands of over 10,000 people. He's spoken at events and schools all over the world. Been a guest on over 100 podcasts. Hosted over 150 episodes of the Recovered on Purpose show. Has a TEDx talk. Uh, It's coming out in October of this year. And has helped over 1,000 addicts find recovery in just five years of sobriety. His focus now is on proving every area of his life to continue to grow and reach um, an impact uh, of his nonprofit foundation, recovered on purpose. Adam, thank you very much for being on. How are you doing today?
1: Doing awesome, Drasco. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Excited about this. Um,
0: I'm excited about this too. Uh not just because you have one of the cooler backgrounds uh for uh the video recording of this, but also because um I think addiction is something that is like such a dark horse in terms of like personal development. Like nobody really wants to like touch it. Um as somebody who struggled with addiction, like non-substance addiction with like porn and video games and distraction, all those things, I know like the stigma around it and how much of an impact that can have on your life. So I'm actually really excited to dive into this for a whole host of reasons and commend you for what, doing what you're doing. And why you just start us off with like adding anything you want to that and just giving us your your story. Floor is yours
1: for all of that. Yeah, you know, I grew up as a... Uh, like an All-American child. You know, I was the home run derby hitter at the Little League World Series. Uh, I went to Columbine High School. Most people have heard of Columbine High School. Uh, I was the captain of the state championship football team my senior year, but had this kind of deep, dark secret that I was using drugs and partying on the weekends and stuff. And it started to trickle into my school also. Uh, and then when I left to college, uh, I had a traumatic event my freshman year of college on September 28th, 2008. I had been out drinking and partying like most nights of my freshman year of college and i woke up uh, at 4:47 a.m to my phone ringing and vibrating down by my leg and i swam through the soft sheets to find my hard phone with the bright screen that read 4:47 a.m and my best friend chucker was calling me and i remember having the conscious choice that i could either answer the phone like i always do with hey what's up chuck or i could answer the way i was feeling with uh hello and in my still drunken state i chose the latter To which a soft voice replied, hey, what's up? Why are you calling me this late? I was just calling to say hi. Don't call me this late again. And I hung up on him. And he shot himself. And for nearly a decade, I was unable to share that phone call with anyone. The truth about what happened. As I bottled it down deeper and deeper and deeper with drugs and alcohol. Drugs and alcohol were no longer a way to party and have fun. Drugs and alcohol became my solution to life. The way that I felt. The way that I thought as things came at me and during that time you know during my addiction I was able to you know break sales records and do amazing things in sales but I was never able to actually count on myself being there for myself in my future because if I set a goal if I didn't have dope I wasn't doing that goal and this was a cycle over and over and over and over in my life and I always had this this heart to help other people But I had to learn to help myself first. I had to get clean and sober. I had to do it. And I ended up quitting all my sales jobs, everything, and, you know, found myself homeless because I figured, you know, there wasn't treatment for me. I couldn't find treatment. I couldn't get accepted into any treatment centers. And I figured the only way I was going to be able to do this was to stop enabling myself with six figures of income. And I quit everything, ended up homeless. And it took me like nine months of homelessness until I finally got it. You know, I finally got recovery. And once I found it, it was it was like this shift that happens when when you're completely trapped in something and you find that freedom. there's There's this shift that is really unexplainable, like this this moment of clarity where everything just changed in my life. And when I recognized that in my own life, my my desire for life completely changed. It was like, holy cow this is possible. Everyone suffering needs to know this. And from then, you know, I knew that in order to attract people to recovery, I had to personally develop in every way possible, whether it's health or learning or body and all these different things in order to show that not only is recovery possible, but a beautiful life in recovery is possible. And then once I started started, uh, sharing my story, uh, and started getting messages from people and emails from people that my book was helping find recovery you know i recognize how powerful a recovery story is and then started coaching other people how to write books and how to get their stories out how to get on podcasts how to do these things and man i believe it's the the number one relapse prevention a for the person sharing their story because it it attaches you to this new identity as someone who is recovered and someone who is sharing their story and someone who is Helping other people out there, and if you're in a place where you're helping people, you're automatically lifted up from a person that has to be helped with their addiction. You're no longer an addict. You help addicts, and then it's also <clears throat> the the best way to reach addicts out there that are suffering, because when recovery first started, they were doing recovery by mail. They were sending letters and things to people in order for, to show them the steps of how to find recovery. But now we have podcasts, we have short form videos, we have YouTube, all of these different ways that if we put our messages together, correctly and powerfully, the virality of it is is extremely possible. And then if you have a video that reaches 3 million people, how many of those are suffering? In the United States, you know, 21 million people are suffering right now over the age of 12 with substance use disorder. So you're reaching a lot of people with these new methods of sharing your story. So I believe it's going to be the, the, you know, the number one way of solving this crisis. And that's what Recovered on Purpose does. I coach people how to get their stories out in a powerful way to reach more people. And then when they reach out, how to help them, how to give them the resources that will help them find recovery.
0: I love it, man. I love it on so many levels and i think it takes that whole sentiment of like your your mess becomes your message like you're living the thriving of that cliche right it's like it's like you said it's not just okay i'm free from this addiction but like look at what your life can become on the other side of that and i think that's so important because like at the end of the day, we we get into addictions because we're trying to mask something that that we fundamentally are ashamed of, right? Like the darkness that that we cannot handle, and then to not just be free of that, but to then live in the light of what that is, I think is such a powerful, beautiful message because it gives somebody something to look forward to beyond just the like recovery. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like that—that's like I think that the biggest pull anybody can have, and the fact that you walk your own talk. I think is even uh, a bigger thing. So yeah, anything you want to add to that by all means, Thank you, brother. Yours.
1: Thank you for saying that. And that's you know that's something that I that I am really um, I believe in a lot. Like if you say something, if you're telling someone else to do something, you better be doing it yourself or you better have already done it because that's something that you know i'm a I'm a heavy believer in God. And that's literally something that he says that he detests more than anything, is someone who is a hypocrite, someone who says do this and doesn't do it. And, you know, the beautiful thing about coaching, uh, and I'm sure that you have experienced this in your own life, where you're coaching somebody, but you're also coaching yourself. (laughs) Like you are, you're talking about something that you, you know, you know, you should be doing and you have done in the past. Oh, I should, I should get that back in my life, you know? I'm coaching them something I know works. And I need to add that back into my own life. And that's, you know, helping people just has so many different circles back around to how it helps yourself, them, and ultimately community in the world.
0: Absolutely. And while you were saying that, like what popped into my head was that experience of, you know, like God, universe, whatever word you want to use, like, it, it, it like they test you again and again on the exact same subject, you know, like you're talking about, okay, I'm coaching somebody through this. I've been through it. I'm, I'm whatever steps ahead of them, like however you want to interpret that piece. But then it's like, you're going to get the same type of thing put in different contexts all around you. You know what I mean? Like again and again to kind of ensure, yeah, like you, you're still on point. You still got this. Um, which has certainly been my experience with coaching and, and all of the other things that, that I've done. Um, so I'm just curious, like if there's anything else you wanted to add to that piece as well.
1: You know, I, I've also found that it doesn't matter what you've overcome. There's someone out there struggling with what you have overcome right now, and they need you. They need you to share your story. That's, I believe that whatever you've overcome is your purpose to help others with.
0: Love it. Well, in that case, I mean, since you're spending so much of your time supporting others what can i support you with today
1: you know when we um i just got 501c3 nonprofit status and in my entire life with business since i was you know we can go all the way back to when i was selling drugs but everything was you know for profit everything was ad you know add a lot of value to somebody's life, like give them something that their, you know, their money is worth less than the product that you're selling them, right? And I've built teams, I've built, you know, companies that were doing multi-million dollars a year with teams of 23 and more people. Um, And I just got 501c3 nonprofit at the end of last year. And I have to like work on the fact that I'm asking people, to support my mission and not giving them a product, right? These people are, I'm trying to figure out the own psychology inside of my head on how, cause I wrote a proposal a couple of weeks ago and my grant writer was like, this seems like, this is like a marketing pitch proposal. I was <laughs> like, I was like, I know, I don't know how, I don't know how else to do it, you know? And I'm trying to just make it so valuable to them that they want to support. And I'm trying to figure out how to have that conversation with myself and with others, where I am adding value. It's just in a different way. Got it.
0: So let's just say that has its own tactical solution, right? Like you're switching the direction of where the business is heading. That has certain implication and consequences on the strategy, the tactics of how you execute that. And obviously, this is a legit problem that is going to have a component of that. Um, what I'm more curious then is, okay, so how are you showing up in the exploration of this problem? What, what's going on with you internally, as the leader that needs to push this through?
1: I have always been someone that I can write a goal, like a sales goal. For instance, and I can go out and I can sell that many or beyond. And right now, um, I would say that I'm in a position where I can write something down in my goals and put an end date on it, like a done by date on it. And I can do everything within my power to make that happen, but I'm relying on somebody else now. Like it doesn't it. It's not just what I'm doing. That's making things happen. So and I'm I'm someone Um, like I'm really, really strong with my word. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Or if as soon as I know, I'm not going to be able to fulfill on it. Like I said, I let the person know that I gave my word to. That's just really, really strong in me. And I'm experiencing a lot that you know it's hard to find people that do it like that in this realm um, and having to work around that and not get frustrated while people are doing the process and I can't make a goal like I can't make a goal with a with a date which I'm so used to doing which makes me feel achieved it makes me feel like I am in control, so I would say that I'm actually feeling quite out of control about an outcome, and I've never felt this way before. Okay, got it. So, if you're looking at this through
0: the lens of let's just say the language that you might have come across in with all of the recovery stuff, right? Like, the the, the core tenant or one of them is like you focus on things you can control, and and you let go of the things that you can't. So with that in mind how would you coach yourself through this situation
1: um i would tell myself to you know it's it's way easier to look at me and tell me to do it you know because um it's a really stressful situation bro i'll give you a little bit more back backstory of where i'm at right now um one of the businesses that i had that was doing multi multi million and i i had you know, it was very equity rich and cash flow rich. Uh, At the end of 2021, I, you know, due to some bad decisions on my partners and some inexperience on my part, company collapsed. You know, I lost over seven figures of net worth and took my savings and came down to Columbia where the cost of living is like 33%. And I have worked 10, 12, 14 hours a day on this right I've got gotten a lot of different reach and a lot of different things going really really well um but I'm like I've spent all of my savings and all of my credit bro and I had I had quite a bit you know but it's been 16 18 19 months now you know marketing dollars and all of this stuff trying to build this as a for-profit and I'm at a place right now where I'm like you know I haven't been in a financial place like this since i found recovery you know where i am sort of worried about my finances i have job offers you know i could i can get a job like that in sales you know sales management sales directorship you know but if i do that then i feel like my my mission and what my purpose actually is is not going to have the time that it deserves I this is the only thing I can possibly do and not feel like I'm working bro when I'm helping someone when I watch lights turn on and things like that you know it is ridiculous to me I just know it's what I'm supposed to be doing um but the reality of the situation is hitting more and more and more as we're getting this close and this close and this close and this close to funding from these big names and all this stuff and I keep hearing that but like I'm getting closer and closer and closer to literally not being able to pay my bills and I haven't been here in a long time. My credit card got declined for the first time in my recovery last month, blew my mind. And that's where I'm at, that's where I'm at.
0: Got it. Well, first and foremost, I wanna acknowledge you for allowing yourself to be witnessed in like the reality of like the situation, right? Like the, the, the stakes are apparent, the stakes are high and I get it. So to just then dive off of all of that, Because you started this whole thing saying, okay, well, you know, I set a goal literally by the end date, like I can get it done. I've been very consistent and good at doing that. Now I'm in this state where I don't control like who gives me a grant, who doesn't give me a grant. Okay, fair. So your initial question was like, okay, well, like how do I like work around that? How do I like deal with that? Would it be accurate to say that at this point right now, it's actually less about the tactical aspects of diving into that and more about the actual fear and uneasiness that I feel given that the stakes are what they are in the position that I'm in.
1: Yeah, I would say that.
0: Okay. Yeah. So given that, if you go back to the original question, okay, how would you coach yourself through that situation?
1: Um. Keep my keep my morning habits secure. Um, do my health, spiritual practices in the morning very secure and very uh, disciplined. And keep doing what I'm doing, honestly.
0: Okay. So go back to self-care. Keep doing what I'm doing. Okay. To what degree are you doing the self-care now?
1: Um, I do it pretty well. Um, but I just, I just started getting back into my exercise routine because I was training MMA and I, I screwed up my shoulder and for a while I couldn't even like lift my arm over my head. And, uh, I noticed like it, you know, not exercising is huge with my mental health, huge with my, you know, overall health. So uh, last Monday, I re-implemented, you know, waking up at 5 a.m. and, you know, doing my cold plunge. I have a cold plunge here with, you know, 36 degree water and then go to the gym, you know, or go for a run. So I've just been getting back into it. Um, and I know that within the last, you know, or within the first 25 minutes of waking up, your mind is operating at 10.5 wave cycles per second, which is the most you know, absorbent it is for the entire day. And I need to be when the when the alarm goes off, it needs to be instant, like I'm out of bed. I've been at that point before. And I think that with all the stuff going on right now, where I feel out of control, it becomes hard for me to take control. Even when it's something that I am in control of, (laughs) you know, like having this whole life situation you know it comes down into the minute which is interesting because I would say that probably not probably for sure the minute also goes into the grand scheme of things also so staying true to those those small things
0: 100 percent. so okay what like I Have an idea of what you say when you say the minute has like the the micro has an impact on the macro. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is it in your words?
1: When I wake up and I have my morning routine set, I wake up, immediately touch my feet to the floor and I do what I said I was going to do for my morning routine. And that continues to um, take control of the things I am in control of in order to make it so I can release the things that I'm actually not in control of because I actually am doing the the small things that I 100% am in control of. Got it. Okay, perfect.
0: So let's say, okay, listening to you from the outside looking in, all of these things sound right. Like, that, they all make sense? That, that they're all rooted in like a good approach? So what do you think, stopped you or is stopping you from actually doing these things consistently because you know why they help you've seen that they do help. What do you think is the resistance to actually anchor into them more consistently?
1: Sorry, listeners. I got to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's okay. To, yeah. Take um, your time. By all means, do we need to do?
1: Can you ask me the question again?
0: So to put it in a different way, You have all the right answers. Everything sounds great. You know why they all work. You've seen evidence of them working in your past. Why do you think you have a hard time doing them now?
1: I don't know. I can't give you an answer.
0: Yeah, perfect. So A, I appreciate the honesty. B, if you hold the attention of that question in mind and instead of thinking about what the answer might be what do you feel inside of your body as like what's present inside of your body when i ask you that
1: i'm not in touch with it at all in that in that moment i'm not in touch with it at all
0: okay perfect okay. so from the outside looking in that to me either means we're at the edge of something where your subconscious actually feels comfortable diving into this or b there's a lot of fear and or pain behind whatever this pattern is that you get that protection where it's like you just go blank or it's like it feels like you lost like 80 IQ points like I just I just have no idea okay so a is that something you're familiar with or does that resonate not resonate just give me a check with regards to that
1: um i actually something just came up and it's actually a and b Mm -hmm. um so i love my father love my father best friend um you know, in in my recovery, we basically didn't even have one fight. Uh, He passed away on Christmas day. And he, how do I say it? He wasn't able to do things that he wanted to do. And I think that some of the, some of the habits might come from a lot of my time and love for him Mm -hmm. um but when when you're talking about that it that's what came up so that's there
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um I'm also comfortable about talking about anything so that's also there um yeah and you know it, it hurts to say and it has hurt to say but I don't want to you know and I know that this is similar for a lot of people you know they don't want to end up like right they don't want to be there at that age right um yeah and it you know i've i've released my dad i miss him i love him but at the same time bro i i haven't even like cried you know because uh a i I know that there's nothing left unturned with him. I don't have anything I wish I would have said to him. Nothing like that. Um, and I've, that's been something that I've wondered, like, why it is that I wasn't able to basically cry at all, you know? Um, and then I think that, you know, a lot of that stuff, like I, dude, I get into this point sometimes when I'm just like completely fathered by God, completely like on it, dude, up, boom, 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 boom. Next thing, next thing, next thing. And i feel amazing um and i would say that at some point when all of this stuff was hitting me you know i started to feel like a failure you know because i came down here with a very specific goal Um, and although a lot of it went really well i also got to a point where i can't even support myself and taking a job um you know i can make really good money with a job but that's not what life is about to me at all you know just hasn't been so that's all i got for that i don't know why it is that you know i haven't been able to hop right back on it but um i know i'm capable i know i'm able so you know 100 percent. so again i want
0: to commend you and acknowledge you on how quickly you allow yourself to go into these places and and in this instance be witness with them, right? Especially given this is a public forum. Um two, especially in a container like this, like at the end of the day, all of you is welcome and I'm only ever going to go as far as you or parts of you are willing to go, right? So if there's any reservations to you or to any of these parts, like I just want to make that absolutely clear. Um, And then three, so there's a lot that came up in that sharing, right? Like a lot of different pieces that seem to kind of be tangled up together around, you know, something. Like this one event that you are living through, this one chapter that you are living through right now so there's the passing of your dad there is the fear or sense of like i don't want to end up like him or certain parts of him there's the failure aspect and this kind of like doomsday i'm I'm back to where i was at before there is the potential and like okay i know i have it in me i've I've done extraordinary things prior like what what is this about doesn't make any sense so out of all of those does anything stand out to you as most relevant to bring to this conversation or they're all kind of the same
1: um, similar you know they're similar but the the biggest thing is i i believe that if i fail people are going to die bro okay. um i believe if 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 what i see happening with this nonprofit doesn't happen I believe that many people will suffer that don't have to and I believe that as much as I put it on God I also have it a lot on my shoulders I believe this is going to save thousands and thousands and thousands of lives um and more um yeah yeah okay and I and sometimes I feel like you know, I can I can get in the headspace of I'm not good enough, but very, very rarely now, like because I'm I'm fairly certain, you know, that all I like as long as this thing happens here, this one piece, this funding piece, you know, as long as that happens, like it's happening. And it's just really scary that if I if I'm relying on other people. To get this done. Um, it's a scary place to be for me.
0: Okay, so define it in that context, because you're like, if I get the funding, then, then, then like it'll be okay. It's not like I'm not good enough. Like it'll be like, w- 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 how do you define
1: it in that instance? Like it getting done?
0: Yeah, I can't remember the exact wording you said, but you were like, it'll be okay, or something along those lines. Like if I get this I, funding, it'll be Okay, so like, w- it'll w- what is it? What would define that?
1: Bro, Just I have, here. I have the. The relapse rates are over 90% for addicts like me that go to long-term treatment. 11% of addicts out there suffering in the United States are actually receiving treatment that they need. And I have a solution for both of those. Plus in 2026, I have the system for a treatment center that will be the solution for the opioid crisis. 100% zero doubt. And there's, there's things that are going on in the system right now that... I don't wanna say that they're wrong, but they're not working. And I can 100% see, I can see the solution. And I, I just wanna be able to do it, you know? For the first two and a half years of this company, you know, well, actually the entire until, you know, the end of last year, but the first like two years of this company, you know, I didn't even care about making it a nonprofit, none of that because I had this other business where I was making 300, 400 grand a year. and I was able to, you know, invest you know a hundred grand a year in my own education and mentorship and coaching and all of these different things and and making sure that I'm in this place to help other people and and branding and all this stuff. I was just dumping all of not dumping, but I was investing all of my money into helping people. And then that got cut off. And now I have to figure that out again somehow in order to fund this you know got it
0: so again i'm gonna just separate the and i know that there's an overlap oh that there always is right because at the end of the day your business is 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 you and you're the leader of it and there's all these interplaying parts but let's just say that the tactical aspects aside if we're just focusing on you as the leader of the ship if we're just looking at this sentiment of responsibility Right, like, I agree with you wholeheartedly that you know the system isn't effective at solving this problem. I agree with you; there needs to be better solutions for it. Clearly, you have something that works really well, and I I celebrate the need for that to come out. But if you look at it one step deeper, like one step higher, more umbrella kind of perspective are you responsible for other people's well-being
1: yes okay i believe so
0: so tell me more about that
1: uh, i believe it's my purpose i 100 percent believe that it is my purpose to help others it's the it's where i feel alive it's where i feel like i could do it 24 7 when i see somebody's life change when i you know, see somebody hurting, and just you know, be able to make it so that their suffering is eased. Um, and I also feel like you know, a hundred percent humbly, I I believe that I have like special things that God has given me in order to fulfill this here, and I believe that I can show others, you know, how to bring out their own strengths and things like that, and. There's a system to make it so that everybody would be able to do exactly what I'm talking about to ease other people's suffering. I just believe that in order for this thing to happen, it takes me, which in turn, I am responsible for everybody that it will ever impact. And although because the system that is supposed to ease their suffering, that is supposed to treat them, is not working.
0: So again, agreed. And diving deeper into the responsibility bit, who ultimately does the transformation? You or the person? The person. Okay. So then how are you responsible for their transformation?
1: Because the resources that they have right now in order to find the transformation that they need they don't exist on the scale that they need to and i don't want to say that there's nothing out there that's working for anybody but there's nothing out there like no treatment center no 12-step fellowship no you know place that is helping people with addiction can say that they have double-digit success they can't, you can't tell me that unless you're someone that literally has a program where you are, you know, charging 250 grand and you take one person for six months, you know, and completely rewire them, which is, you know, that's amazing, you know, but I'm thinking more of like all of the people that don't have those kinds of resources. I don't have all of that, that need this, you know, and I, I'm hundred percent in belief that, you know, you're hundred percent responsible for your own life, for your own transformation, all that. But I also learned that by being developed by one of the top coaches on the entire planet, you know, I learned that about myself and without that piece of knowledge, I never would have known that. And I can't tell you the, the indoctrination in this community of their identity like it it kills me that that people believe that addicts are destined for poverty and relapse that's that's a huge you know it's not said like that but when you're doing relapse prevention in a way where you know you're telling you're basically telling addicts what they can't do with their life you're telling them all of the things they have to avoid and you're telling them what to do if they relapse That's literally part of relapse prevention right now. Like, hey, if you use drugs, do this. Like someone like me, if I use drugs once, I'm out. You'll never see me again. And there's there's something that has to change with it. And I can say be added to it, you know, because I care a lot about this community and the people that are helping this community. But if you've been in the community, you know, you know, nobody can say that there's, you know, great success you know and i i believe 100 percent. obviously recovery is possible and if you're listening to this and you're struggling recovery is possible you know but it does come down to you and then there's 21 and a half million people in the united states right now suffering with substance use disorder how are they all going to get the message to change
0: so okay i'm just gonna cut you off here for for one second not because i disagree with anything that you're saying not because i don't think it's a beautiful message all of the things i celebrate the reason that i'm going to cut you off is so whenever i ask a question that is geared towards like you and like your contribution to whatever it is that we're discussing you don't skirt the question like you you go into it but then your brain likes to go into like secondary information that sounds beautiful, is accurate, needs to be said, but it also diverts away from the attention being on exploring exactly what you bring into it. So number one, well, what lands for you there or or what does't?
1: Yeah, that's one of my defense mechanisms, and then humor also,
0: okay, perfect. Yeah. So the fact that you recognize the defense mechanism is good. so why do you think it's kicking in right now?
1: Um, because I, am I'm really strong in my beliefs and when it gets challenged, mm-hmm. um, I want to go into it, but sometimes I feel like some of my beliefs actually keep me strong. So some of them, like if I, you know, cause the belief is in something that, that I believe keeps me empowered is feeling responsible for other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And it makes me feel You know, I want to defend that, that, you know, I want to honor that and defend that. So what happens if you fail at that? If I fail at um, defending that. So what happens if you fail
0: at the responsibility of other people's transformations?
1: Uh, In my line of work, people die.
0: Okay, And is that absolutely true across all instances? Okay, so I know you know yeah. that logically. Yeah. But there's a very black and white sentiment to that particular belief. If I fail at my work, it's like it's all over. Right? And I agree. But it's like you said before, even if like this were to completely fail, there's still solutions out there. And I understand why you want to get the solutions out there. What I'm curious about is like, to what degree is that black and white nature of it or whatever's behind it serving you or keeping you at peace?
1: I think that it serves me because it makes me work hard Mm -hmm. and it does not keep me at peace. (laughs) But sometimes I'm cool with not being at peace. (sighs) Okay. So I, I enjoy work. I enjoy okay. it. Perfect. So
0: one of the things that you had mentioned in like, your intake to uh, dive into this was the work and how much work was taking away from other things that also brought you fulfillment and peace, etc. Yes. So I understand there's always two sides to every coin, right? Your Your strength is you enjoy work and you're very good at it. The distortion of that is then, in some ways, that becomes the, the drug of choice. Mm-hmm. Like That's how I avoid all the other things. So before I go on, what lands, what doesn't.
1: Yeah, and that was actually one of the reasons why I um, started earlier and started a new kind of routine is I always do like a list of six things that I'm going to get done the next day and things like that. And now what I'm doing is adding two things in there that are personal like that aren't work-related um and yeah that's that's a thing for sure it's a thing for sure what's a thing um I could be working right here for 10 hours and forget the time and you know if it weren't for having my puppy you know my six-month-old puppy he turned six months in four days um I might not eat, I might not get away from this. And I just like am on a project and going um, and I will have my phone on Do Not Disturb and that kind of stuff. Uh, I used to be, you know, connected with communities where I live and like entrepreneur groups and things like that. And I start to think, you know, is that serving, you know, my purpose with Recovered on Purpose? And I start to think, you know, if I go do this, what is it taking away from Recovered on Purpose, right?
0: And what are you gaining with that
1: attitude, Uh, dude? I've gotten a lot done. (laughs) I've gotten a lot done.
0: So, I 100% agree. It makes sense. What are you gaining personally?
1: Um, I was gaining a lot of feeling of fulfillment. Like when I when I just when I set to do something and I do it, it feels amazing. You know, it feels great when I'm Mm -hmm. coaching somebody, and you know. I set up a schedule so that I have this group coaching and then one-on-ones here and here and here and here and here and here and here. And then getting on those, it feels you know, amazing. It feels fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's what I would that's what I would say. Okay. That's what I'm getting from it.
0: So in this instance, at least from the examples that you use, the personal coaching aspect of it, the aha moment for the client, that makes you feel amazing. Yes. Okay, totally understand that. That, however, isn't just work, right? You have, you have more work that you need to do. Yeah. And simultaneously when I work, I feel amazing, but I'm also not at peace. When I get the result or get the aha moment for the client, I am fulfilled. And then I just like drown myself in work to obliterate my attention. That's all I'm like hyper-focused, but then that's not at peace. So those two images are, are at odds so what's landing there what's not
1: no i hear both of that i hear both of those and okay. i guess the it's hard to say that i'm not at peace because the only thing that i'm not at peace with is the financial part of it that's the only part of everything that i'm not at peace at peace with and you know i i'm a believer in jesus i follow jesus like i am at peace i know and that's why i'm willing to you know max out my credit cards and spend all my savings working on something that he told me to do you know i know that it's going to come through it's just you know when <laughs> Like, come on
0: <laughs> yeah got it so in that instance let's just say if, if we dive with that
1: mm-hmm.
0: what do you think you're most afraid of feeling
1: failure having to having to do something else with my time in order to support myself
0: okay and if that were to happen then fill in the blank
1: then part-time recovered on purpose full-time building someone else's dream or you know figure out another business that i want to get into and build um which would then make it so i have very little time for recovered on purpose um and then hope for the best, I guess. Okay. So, I
0: mean, certainly a setback to the original vision doesn't sound absolutely horrible. So wh- where's the failure in that?
1: I don't think I would be able to give 100% to any job. And I think I would be taking away from that employer. Okay. Because my mind would never be able to get on another person's job.
0: Okay. Also fair, right? Just why an entrepreneur I get that 100% uh where's the failure in that
1: it's it's wrong it's wrong to you know do a job for someone and not do your best at it you know
0: sure which is a reflection of your values and their good values to have it's being staying in intang- staying in integrity which is great but it has nothing to do with failure
1: right i mean that would mean that i'm that I failed. I would feel like I failed at this. I would fail. I failed for people. Um, there's, you know, I get, dude, I get a lot of messages and emails from people that I'm helping and it's because I work 10, 12, 14 hour days, six days a week, you know? Right. And so again, even if you were doing that part-time,
0: you're still helping people. So again, where's the failure
1: in it? Um, You know, not helping as many. I want to, you know, I want to help as many as possible, bro. Like,
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. But then the the, the question of magnitude, like I'm either helping X or I'm helping Y. Exactly. So again, where's the failure in all of that?
1: I guess not being able to do my calling full-time, not being able to do my purpose, my, you know, full-time.
0: Okay. And let's just say worst case scenario, that's at this moment. So again, where's the failure in that? You're still actively pursuing it. You're still alive. You're still moving to it. Yeah. Okay. What so what? W- what? Okay. So w- what's landing for you with this line of questioning?
1: Um, I'm not okay with it. Not your questioning, but I'm not mm-hmm. okay with that outcome. That's the main thing. Okay. I'm just not okay with it. <laughs>
0: Which is abundantly clear, and I commend you <laughs> for it. Because, like, it, it's like, and what yeah. makes this kind of like difficult is the wrong word, but like, what what makes this complex is like, it is such an important mission. You do do such great work. I understand that there's a very altruistic element to it, right? Why I'm asking these questions is really to to, to, to n- n- like narrow down and dial in your distortion in it, because mm. your biggest fear. As you have expressed today is like the the failure of this thing as reflected by this financial situation that i find myself in okay yet it's taken me four or five prompts to get you to define failure all of which like yeah i guess that's not really failure but then this but it's not this but then kind of like that like none have actually landed on an actual like okay this is failure and the reason why I bring that up is like the thing you fear the most actually doesn't have a clear definition. <laughs> right. Yeah. And in any of the scenarios you mentioned, none are final. Life goes on. You actually are still contributing to your mission. All of them are just, you know, blips or, you know, detours or step like however, whatever euphemism I'm going to use for it, that actually stop, Like if you were like, well, the business is going to crash like my previous one, I'd be like, okay, like that seems legit. But it's just the, the, the sense of like, I'm going to fail. And then yet I can't define the thing that I'm failing at and or point to it. Yet it impacts negatively so much of my experience of what I'm doing. Like that to me is like baggage for the sake of having baggage <laughs> let me just put on a 50 pound pack and walk around for the sake of just having a 50 pound pack so yeah. what what's landing for you there
1: it's true it's true okay so dive
0: a bit deeper into that what 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 else is coming up
1: um I mean I think that that has you know something to do with my my personality type also like I like to put a ton of responsibility and a ton of weight on myself in order to get myself to act you know and it serves me because when i when i think about this it doesn't make me halt you know it more so makes me um if done correctly you know and if i'm not feeling totally out of control then it drives me to action but i think the fact that there's out of control plus you know a a misunderstanding of what my you know idea of failure is because I you know my idea of failure I've way surpassed my idea of failure where I was I was found I was found dead by the police and five over five million people have seen that body cam footage you know that's failure to me real failure is relapsing and that's not in there anymore yeah so I think it's just those two kind of coupled together So that's, yeah, it's perfect.
0: And I thank you for sharing that because that was going to be my ultimate point if you did like kind of, okay, well, this is failure. I'm like, you've gone from homeless into this position. Like you figured out a lot of very complex, hard things in like notwithstanding the addiction, but just like the success in business. Like I don't see based off of your history, somebody who's like not going to be able to navigate getting a grant. (laughs) <laughs> you, you know what i mean like i i think you'll be able to figure that out right yeah mm-hmm. so that's why i was moving down this road of like okay what is this harping on failure when it's so undefined for you right and then the other question i had is like if you were to replace responsibility with significance would that land for you
1: 100 percent, yes
0: Okay, so tell me why.
1: Um I I want to um I want I want to change the world, dude. I want to change the world while I'm here. And it's it's not like and it's really <clears throat> it's difficult to explain without going kind of deep when I first started recovered on purpose I was talking to my mentors about it and I was like I don't want to be the one out there and sharing my story all the time and stuff like that I want to lift other people up and coach other people and everything like that they're like no you you have to you have to right and I I want my work when I die to continue I want when I die what I did here to last and help people you know um and I don't want to build someone else's ability to do that yeah so the reason why i
0: asked that question is if replacing responsibility with significance resonates and resonates strongly okay i have nothing against building a legacy i think that's a beautiful thing especially for the kind of work that you do right what i'm getting at now is okay sometimes our like i always say like our primary gifts become our first distortions It's like the thing that you're really good at oftentimes becomes the first thing we distort when we move through the world, right? So like you can think of like, if you're really book smart, then suddenly everything becomes a thinking problem and then Mm. you don't do any action, right? So it's like the, the man with the hammer problem. So in this instance, this powerful need to share and express and empower while beautiful and clearly impactful if it's getting distorted as I also need significance, then that can manifest as, well, then I'm responsible for everyone and everything because if I fail at that, then I fail at being significant, then whatever else, like the, the narrative is. Yeah. Right. So what, if anything is landing for you
1: there? Um, <clears throat> I would say you hit it. That lands i've hasn't been thought of and put that way exactly um but definitely you know something that drives me is you know i i want to help people i want to help a lot of people and i want it wouldn't i like to be recognized also i'll just say it (laughs) like because the amount of the amount of work that i do and you know there's certain things that I don't want recognition for at all, like certain things that I love to just have in private, you know, like the, the conversations that I have with people that nobody will ever know that actually happened, you know, at one o'clock in the morning, you know, things like that. Um, but I mean, I have a TEDx talk in October. And, you know, that thing is, you know, it's gonna go viral, dude, 100% gonna go viral. It's going to help a lot of people and i i see it like it's it's i want to do the tedx talk i want to be the person up there and everything and also i'm planning like okay i know it's going to go viral so i need the system to make it so that when it does and all of these people start reaching out and all of these people are need help and all these people are doing this we have the system we have the system for them then there's also you know my you know, social media is already reaching a lot of people, you know? Um, right. So some, I'm just going
0: to, again, cut you off yeah. just, just cause again, it's going into again, like, yeah. your brain's going into that <laughs> thing of like, yes. And then yeah. we're going to do X, Y, and Z, which are going to lead to A, B and C. And then like, it's going to be, you know? yeah. and again, I actually agree with act- all of it. I think it's beautiful. I think tactically, like you, you, you know, all the things, right? Like I, yeah. we don't need to go down there. So the thing that I just want to reflect back is this isn't necessarily about like, that typical guess that i have in that like we get my head trash is kind of stopping me from doing x y and z The, the way that i see it that this deep need for the significance like what what's missing is like when people talk about like finding the relationship or like getting a good relationship it's like the energy that you want in that partnership is always be like i want you but i don't need you meaning like like i want to be in this experience with you, but I don't need you to feel any particular way. I don't mm. need you to whatever X, Y, Z, right? It's yeah. just how you're attached to that thing. So the reason why I bring that into this container is like right now, this gift that you do have, the the, the vision, the mission, the, the thing that was put on your soul to do, there's a part of it that is in this attachment and neediness of it. And I think yeah. that that's distorting certain decisions that, that you're making. I think it's certainly taken away from like the peace and the fulfillment that you can be experiencing with such a beautiful mission. And it's kind of driving that, like another version of that addictive loop of like, I need this hit of significance, you know what I mean? Like even though the significance that was helping people, it's obviously a much better thing than, you know, drugs it still has that same flavor. It's just in a different context. Ironically, with like we mentioned at the beginning of this whole episode, you know what I mean? So again, what lands for you? What does it?
1: Yeah, there was a, I was actually talking about this with, um, with a coaching client and then on a podcast, you know, in our addiction, we wake up in the morning, we have this thought, I need dope, you know? And then we think and we think and we think and we think and we act and we act and we act until we get dope and then put it in our arm. And that's like the dopamine release, right? And that neuro highway started when we woke up and said, I need dope. And it finished when we got dope and got that dopamine hit. And now 100% when someone messages me and they say, Hey, I saw your podcast 90 days ago, and just want to let you know I have 90 days today, that dopamine hit, dude, there's no there's no dope on the planet. There's no dope on the planet for that. And. And for that, I think that it's. You know, for me, it, it it's relapse prevention, you know, 100 percent. I, I I don't really worry about ever going back to drugs or anything like that, but. You know. It's my hit to help people, <laughs> for sure. It's my hit to help people.
0: Correct. And again i commend you for how easily and open you are to just like you know receive whatever it is see what you know what lands connected to your own uh you know life and experience i think it's all beautiful and and reflective where you are um but again just not to to drag this out too much like that i think is is it like it's really you getting clarity on okay well what is the healthiest version of how I want to show up, how I want to serve, and the mission that I want. Like, what is the healthiest expression of that that doesn't put me into these cycles that are going to take away from my fullest embrace and fulfillment of it? And when I can define that, then I can heal the patterns around it that, while on the surface, like actually look very good, might have a distorted intention behind them. Right. I think that that's really what from the outside looking in um, is coming up for me. So, again, what lands for you? What doesn't?
1: Yeah, I like it. It's it is what it is, you know, is what it is. And I wouldn't say. um, Like, I obviously like when I'm thinking about people, I don't think of them as a dope hit. You know, (laughs) it's like the way that it came out, you know, um. Yeah, I mean, that's that is what it is. I'm not I don't have like any intentions except for helping people. um, But I can definitely see that I want to help people instead of do other work. So that's part of it Correct. also.
0: And that's, yeah. I think, kind of the crux of it. It's like the best place you can be to legitimately help other people is when you have helped yourself. Yeah. Right. And then if the helping of the other people becomes the excuse to not actually dive in and heal those parts of yourself, that's where distortion is. So anyway, I don't want to keep circling around the same thing, but as far as like this exploration, like, does that feel complete for you? Is there still something left out?
1: No, hundred percent. We got there for sure. That was great. All right. Fair
0: enough. Well, listen, I know you've uh, mentioned a lot of your stuff already in here, but floor Mm -hmm. is yours to promote everything you need to promote and tell people, you know, who's the best person to find you? Where can they find you? The floor is yours for
1: that. Yeah. Facebook recovered on purpose, um, recovered I give away my book free, uh, digital and audio copy. And if someone out there is in recovery, I also made a free relapse prevention worksheet on there. And by the time this gets out, hopefully we've been funded, but also there's a donate button on that <laughs> website too.
0: <laughs> Love it. Well, listen, man, thank you very much for, uh, coming on, allowing yourself to be witnessed uh, in this way. And uh, for everybody else listening, we'll see you on the next one.
1: Thank you, Drasco.